Hey kids, welcome back to the next episode of the Incredible Kids Podcast. My name is Moritz Siri, and I will be your host through this incredible journey. We are going to meet many incredible kids. They are going to share with us their stories. Some of them super cool and different like you've never heard before, and some you may say are just ordinary, but all of them incredible. If you have great ideas, email me today at ikidspodcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for Incredible Kids! It's time for the joke of the day! Yay! Today's joke is brought to you by Manucha K from Baltimore, Maryland. What do they serve on Southwest Airlines? Could you guess? A plain bagel. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Incredible Kids. This episode is coming out just one week after our first ever episode. And this is because of the overwhelming response of people saying, when's the next one coming? When's the next one coming? Normally, we plan to do them every other week. But in honor of the new launch of this amazing podcast, we have two in a row. So enjoy. Today, we are going to talk about children who had the experience of moving to Eretz Yisrael. When a family moves to Eretz Yisrael, we have a special word for it called Aliyah. And a child who moves to Israel is part of a family called Olim. Olim are people who make Aliyah. I've been living in America my whole life. And I always knew some people who made Aliyah and moved to Israel. But recently, I know so many people who made the decision to leave where they were comfortable in America or from other places and make the big move to Eretz Israel. We know that when Mashiach comes, we hope we could all live there. But in the meantime, it's not so easy for everybody to do that. It's hard for people to find a job. It's hard for kids to get used to school. It's hard to learn a new language and many, many, many other things that can come up. Before we listen to the incredible kid interviews that we have today, I just want to say one very, very, very important thing. And this is that this episode is about making Aliyah, kids who made this huge change in their lives. But each of us really makes changes all the time. You know, sometimes you just change your seat in your classroom and that's a change to get used to. And sometimes you have a friend who moves away and sometimes you have a new person in your family, a new baby brother or sister, maybe you became an aunt or an uncle, and you're constantly changing the way you behave and your life is changing and the way people treat you might change. So we can listen to the examples of these kids and see how they know what to do with change in their life. And hopefully me and you can learn something from them. Because even if we never make Aliyah before Mashiach comes, (laughs) we can still learn important lessons about changes. First up on the show, you are going to hear from Natan, Ashir, Naami, and Yaeli, three adorable children in Ramat Bichemesh. Then I will share my conversation with Aliza, who is in first grade. And then I will share my conversation with Yassi, an eighth grader who moved five years ago. I hope you find it interesting, and I'm excited to share these conversations with you. We asked our listeners, how would you feel if your parents came to you today and said, hey, guess what? We're moving to Eretz Yisrael. What would be your reaction and why? Let's hear what our kids have to say. 
Hi, this is David. I'm eight years old. If my parents told me I was moving to Artisra, I would be so happy because I was never there in my life and I want to learn Hebrew. Hi, I'm Mary. I'm 10 years old and this is my answer. I would like to move to Eretz Yisrael because, first thing, I have an aunt and uncle there and, and I feel this way because it's the holy city. My name is Shalom and I'm 10 years old and if my parents told me we were moving to Israel, I would be angry because I have friends here and I don't want to leave. Hi, my name is Chevy and I'm nine years old and if I would move to Israel, I'd love it there because I love going to the Shuk and learning Hebrew. Hi, my name is Devon. My age is seven and because I want to move to Israel is because I get to go to the coastal every day. Hi, my name is Micha and I'm seven years old and if I would move to Israel, I would be happy because I would get to spend a lot of time with my cousins. Hi, my name is Shoshana and my age is seven and the reason I want to move to Artisha is because they have all these fun places that no other city has. Wow, there's so many different emotions and feelings that kids might have even just from thinking about making this move. Some of these ideas were quite amazing. And some of those ideas were so spiritual. Like, Eretz Yisrael, yeah, it's the holiest place. I'm so happy to know that kids in America are thinking about holiness. That's beautiful. The first family that I am going to bring onto the show made Aliyah about two years ago. You will hear from three of their children, and hopefully you will get to understand the excitement and the hardships of what life is like when you leave America for a life in Israel. Hi, everybody. Okay, I'm here with Ashira Naomi, Natan, and Yaeli. So they're the three oldest of five children, and I'm going to quickly ask each of them to introduce themselves. I'm Ashira Naomi, and I'm 12 years old. I'm Natan, and I'm 12 years old. Are you twins? (laughs) I knew that. I'm Yali and I'm 10 years old. Okay, so we have twin 12-year-olds, a boy and a girl, and then we have a 10-year-old. How long ago was that already? Almost two years? Two years. Two years ago. Tell us where you moved from and where you live now. Um, we made Aliyah from Baltimore, and now we live in Ramat Bechemesh. Wow, that's a very big change. Let's start with Ashi or Naomi. When your parents told you that you were moving to Israel, what was going through your mind? How did it make you feel? When my parents told me, I was really excited. I was screaming. And like some of the time I was thinking about how I missed my friends. And some of the time, like most of the time, I was really excited and screaming. Screaming. (laughs) What about you, Nathan? How did you feel? I was just shocked at the spot. And yeah. So is, is being shocked a good thing for you or not such a good thing? A good thing. Okay. Okay. That's good. Being shocked makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah, Ellie, what about you? How was it for you when you found out? Um, I ran to the phone to go call, like, all my friends. I was really shocked, but also I was, like, sad. Like, first I was very happy, and then I got sad, like, when we were leaving. So you were happy in the beginning, but once it was, like, really hitting you that you were going, it made you very yeah. sad. Something very special that I want to just share with the listeners is that Ashir and Ami and Ellie were both my students. So I know I miss you very much in Baltimore. It's not the same without you, but I'm sure you're doing a lot of amazing, awesome stuff in Ramat Bechamesh. So now I want you guys to share with us. So we know that, okay, obviously finding out you were moving sounds like it was like really, really intense, shocking, exciting, sad because you're going to miss friends, but it sounds like overall it was happy. 
Okay. So for people who don't know, there's something called Nefesh Benefesh, and they organize a flight to Israel and they do many other things for people who make Aliyah. And tell me if I'm wrong, but everyone on this airplane is moving to Israel, right? Yeah. First flight after Corona. You were the first flight after Corona to Israel. Because, yeah. Wow. Yes, I do remember that. Your family was trying to make Aliyah for like a few months and you kept getting pushed off and pushed off and pushed off. But finally, out of the blue, one day you just like disappeared. So you just made it even more exciting. So after the whole Corona, nobody could like leave the country and make Aliyah. You finally all get onto a plane. What airlines was it? Hello. So you're going on Alal on the Jewish airlines and you're going to Israel with an entire plane load of people that are moving to Israel with you. Tell me, please. I always wanted to be on an airplane like that, but I never made Aliyah, so they never let me on. Could you please tell me what that was like? So when you get off the plane, you go down like these steps to go outside. Okay. And there's like music, they're giving out like flags, hats, you take pictures, you talk about you talk about like what you're excited for of Israel. And then you like Like they they interviewed you? Yeah, people are like, they were like... Wow, so exciting. Did you kiss the ground? Um, some people did, but we didn't. <laughs> On the air, is there anything different about it? Or everyone was just like sleeping and like with their face masks, yeah, whatever. Yeah, when we landed, the pilot started like singing and then everyone like started singing also all together. The pilot started singing? Yeah. What was he singing? Visha. <laughs> 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 he was singing Vishabu Banim? Oh my gosh. Vishabu were you singing with them? My father was. That's such a cool experience. Ashi or Nami, what was the biggest change for you? It's a big question. The hardest thing for me was making new friends and figuring out what school was best for me. Did you start off going to one school and switch to another one? Yeah. Last year, I wasn't loving Israel so much, and now I love it. Do you think it's harder for boys or girls to move to Israel and get used to it? Girls... Personally, I think are more sensitive and boys at from like 18 and younger don't really get like close to other friends. They become like good friends, but they don't like what girls do. So in your experience, the boys that you know have an easier time because they don't get as attached to things like the girls. Yeah. Okay, that could be. Like the girls for like the two weeks before we moved, they were just like bawling and bawling. <laughs> Like, is that true, sisters? Were you bawling your eyes out before you moved? We're bawling our eyes out. But... Listen, if it makes you feel any better, I would be exactly the same way. I would cry and cry and cry. Even if I was happy, I would just be crying because I would just be emotional. That's how I would respond to it, right? Everyone has different ways of responding to different situations. Not that I have a question for you. Are you into sports? Yes. What do you play? Ice hockey, basketball, and soccer. Okay. Are those things that you did in Baltimore? Um, yeah. And what about in Israel? That's the big question. Do you get a chance to play all those cool sports? Ice hockey, I used to play in Netanyahu. Football, we just played by recess in school. Cool. Okay. Yeah, Ali, what do you do after school in Israel? What time does school end uh, for you? For me, 3.10. And on Tuesdays, 1.30. Whoa, that's early. So what happens? You have a whole day ahead of you. So I have dance and then I have tutoring. What do they call that in Israel when you go to dance? Isn't there a special word for that? Yeah, chugim. Chugim. I like the accent. So who else goes to chugim? We all go to chugim. You all go to chugim? I'm so jealous. How do you translate chugim? What's the English? After school activities, I guess. Activities. So which chugim are you in, Ashiranami? I'm in dance. 
So you're in dance. Nathan, what do you do? A guitar hoog. Guitar. A reptile hoog. A reptile hoog? Okay, now you have to explain. What in the world is that? You learn, you play with reptiles. What kind of reptiles? Like snakes? Snakes, lizards. So you go to somebody's house and you play with snakes and lizards? I don't know. I do it in a museum. In a museum? This is getting more interesting. One second. So how often is this? Once a week, but I have two snakes. So I play with them almost every day. You have snakes in your house? Yeah, two. You have two pet snakes. That's not enough reptiles for you. So you also go to a museum to play with other snakes and reptiles? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I, think, I think I'm getting this. That's very unique and different. A lot of our listeners want to know what it's like to go to Israel. You probably knew a little bit of Hebrew before. The girls in America, they learned a bit, but not a lot. But I didn't learn any in my school. O-M-G. So you literally didn't know any Hebrew, Nathan? Yeah. Wow. So how did that feel? I got to Israel. Half my class spoke English. What about your teachers? What language do they speak? Hebrew, but I paid attention. And after two years, I, I understand fluent and I speak pretty good. And yeah. Okay. Now, well, now we're going to test you. Ready? Mm-hmm. Shalom. Ma shalom יש לך חברים בארץ? הרבה יותר, הרבה מאמריקה. כן? איזה יופי. I just asked Nathan, do you have any friends in Israel? And he said, I have more friends in Israel than I did in America. Here I have like at least 10 good friends. What is it about you that you have more opportunity for friends? more wild and fun here. The kids in Israel are more wild and fun? Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm going on the next plane. Ashir, Nami, and Ali both went to a girls' school in America. You probably knew a little bit of Hebrew, but it's very different when you get there, right? Because <laughs> yeah. the Hebrew that you learned was like, Shalom, ani holachas la bayes, vani ovedas shiuri bayes, right? <laughs> it's like a little embarrassing probably when you got to your school and your friends are like, and your teachers are like, and you're like, I don't know anything. I don't know what you're talking about. So how was that for you? So in the beginning, I like didn't understand like anything. I had a pod, so I learned more and more. I started like actually listening in class, so I started like learning new words and not every single word, but yeah, most times. Wow, it sounds like you have a really good attitude about it. Was it frustrating at first? Yeah. Whoa. They say they say I don't know. You could tell me if this is true, but they say that kids learn languages way faster than the grown-ups. Do you think that's true? Yeah. How's your parents, Hebrew? Uh, well, my mother... <laughs> <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> my mother sounds Russian. <laughs> you know what's funny, you... though? When Israelis talk English, they also sound Russian. They go like, the girl went to the store. I can't imagine going to class. The subjects were in Hebrew. The teachers were talking in Hebrew. I would be so lost. But you guys look, you look like you're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> How do you, what are you supposed to say in Israel when someone sneezes? Labriut. Labriut means like gesundheit, health. Okay, if you had to give a message to kids in America about what it's like to make Aliyah, like what is your best advice? First, there's like a lot more freedom. You can take a bus by yourself, you can walk to like the stores by yourself. It's a hundred times better than America. Okay. So Nathan, you say it's a hundred times better 
to live in Israel in America. Tell me what specifically, like that's really good encouragement. But like if kids are having like a hard time with the idea of moving, what would you tell them? To get over it and come here for a year and try it out. What do you miss the most about America? The only thing that I really miss is the house that we lived in. What was it about the house mm-hmm. that you don't have in Israel? Much bigger and nicer. Mm-hmm. So when you moved to Israel, you had to be okay with living in a smaller, less fancy house? Yeah. Wow. That means that you gave up a lot in order to do this big mitzvah of living in Israel. What do you miss most about America? I miss Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) (laughs) I miss my school and my friends. Do you keep in touch from Israel? It's really hard, but do you? Yeah, so some of them I do FaceTime. Okay, that's good. I have a dream of living in Israel one day, as I hope many other people do. And I don't know, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. I think it's important for even if people can't make Aliyah, all kids, wherever they are, need to know that it's something beautiful. Even if their family never talks about making Aliyah, but if you're a kid living in Lakewood or a kid living in Zimbabwe or a kid living in Muncie, wherever you are, if you're a Jew, you should be longing for Eretz Yisrael. You guys are very inspiring because you actually did it. Whether it was your choice, your parents' choice, whatever it is, you're in Israel right now and you are growing up in Israel. Like that is so cool. What is the coolest thing about living in Israel? I love like going to a hotel and like davening. Davening? Yeah, Ellie, how often do you go to the hotel? Because a lot of times when I ask little kids, do you want to go to Israel? They go like, yeah, I'm going to go to the coastal every single day. But that doesn't really happen, right? Well, it's a half hour away from here. So like we go sometimes. Right. Like, you know that if you want to go to the coastal, it's only half an hour away. Right. From your house, can you walk anywhere? So like a five minute walk called the Merkaz, just like a bunch of stores. There's a supermarket there, a pizza store, falafel, ice cream, bakery, like There's every store there. You guys are very lucky. Do you know that? Yeah. You know what I think? I think a lot of kids are going to be listening to this interview and they're going to be begging their parents to make Aliyah. I'm going to get a lot of people annoyed at me. (laughs) Whenever you move anywhere to a new place, there's going to be challenges. Ashir Navi, can you tell me just a little bit about what it's like to move anywhere new? Like you talked about your friends, how you miss them. How did it feel? Speak about your experience a little bit. Almost every night I was crying in bed because I miss my friends. Mm Mm-hmm. At the beginning, it's always going to be hard no matter where you move. But for most people, like after like a year, that it gets much easier. Right. Like a year is a long time. But when you think about your whole life, it's a year. You know, it was hard, yeah. but then you got better. Can I say something? Yeah, of course. What do you want to say, Ali? Um, so in the beginning, like I was like, I hate it here. I need to move back. I don't like my friends. I don't have any friends. I hate this place whatever. And then the next year came and like now I love it. I do not want to move back to America. Wow. It's very, very special that you guys live here. And next time you go to the hotel, you could think about your old friends. How do we say goodbye in Hebrew? Lehitraot. Your accent is Thank you so much for joining us. Wow, I cannot get over the maturity of those kids and uh, everything that they've been through. They just sound so adorable, giggling and laughing. I loved hearing about what it's like to be on an airplane filled with Jews moving to Israel. That's so cool. I keep thinking about Ashira Naami 
and her experience with waiting to get used to being somewhere new. Like she so badly wanted to get used to where she was and this big change in her life. She tried and she even had to switch schools. And now her attitude is that she loves it, you know? So it really just gives hope, you know, that when you're in a situation where things just seem like they're so sad and she described how she cried a lot even. So, you know, when something's really hard for you, wherever you are, and you're just sad about something and you feel like, how am I ever going to enjoy? It almost reminds me of going to sleepaway camp. You're homesick and then you feel like, how could I ever enjoy it? I'm just going to be so sad. And then eventually, you know, little by little, things do turn around and get better. And sometimes changes have to happen. Like maybe you're in the wrong bunk or maybe if... You know, maybe you have to talk to a counselor who could help you with an issue you're having with a friend or whatever. And then it will get better. And you might even say at the end of the summer, I don't want to go home. You know, that happens to me in camp basically every summer. Kids, there's 10 days till our trip to Aratistral and we have to pack up this entire house. That means all of your clothes, all of the toys, the whole kitchen. I'm very overwhelmed and everybody needs to pitch in and help. But mommy! Shira, we talked about this. You need to help out. I don't want to. Nothing from your room is packed. All of your sisters already are almost finished. Are we really moving in 10 days? Is there something going on? Well, um, uh, well. you tell me from my suitcase. Uh, who was stop bothering me? Ma, can I sit next to you on the plane? I want to. Come, let's go sit outside where it's nice and quiet. Fine. Shira, I noticed that you seem different the last few days. You're feeling nervous, I can tell. There's so many changes that we're going to have to get used to. Tell me what's the thing you're the most worried about. I'm not going to make any new friends, and I'm going to miss everything at home, and I just don't want to leave. Mm. What if all the people make fun of me? I'm not going to understand all the Hebrew, and let's say I lose my glasses on the plane, and... I just don't want to go. Shira, those are all things that make so much sense. And I'll tell you a little secret. I'm worried about those things too. And I also worry about making new friends. I worry that I'll like my new job. I'll worry that we have good neighbors. I'm worried that the cooking will be different in Israel. (laughs) I'm worried that I'll be far away from family. I have worries too. But there's so many beautiful things about this that this change could be very good for our family. And we have to just keep reminding ourselves of that. And every time you're worried, feel free to speak to me or any adult that you trust. And we're all here to help you. But what should I do? I'm I'm still nervous. Here's an idea that I learned from a psychologist. Do you want to hear it? Okay. So I learned from a psychologist who is a doctor that helps with understanding your feelings. We can meet every night if you need it for about 15 minutes and we can call that time together worry time. That will be the time where we talk about our worries and the things that we're nervous about. And we'll try to save all of those talks for those 15 minutes and we'll check in and see how it's going. So you know that you have a place to talk about your feelings. This is something that you can do at any point in your life when you're worried about things. You just have a person that you talk to for a certain amount of time at a certain time of day. We can discuss your worries at that time. And eventually, we might not need as much worry time anymore. The time will get less and we won't do it as often. Should we try it? Okay. Let's think positive. Tell me one thing you're excited for. I know. Falafel. 
And, oh, there's candy there. I am looking forward to the huge, giant, gummy Coca-Cola bottles from the Shuck. Should we go there first? Yeah! For our next interview, I will be interviewing a girl in first grade who has just made Aliyah this past summer and is not even there for a year yet. And you are going to hear a fresh perspective from a girl who has gone through a huge change in her life. So let's welcome Aliza. Okay, we are with Aliza. Hi, Aliza. Hi. Aliza, where are you right now? Israel. Are you new to Israel? Yeah, like a little bit. We didn't move here like like just now. We like moved here, here in the in the summer. You want to tell me a little bit about what that was like for you? Okay. So um, the day before we moved, and the night all my cousins came, and one of the cousins' mother cried because the, she was sad that we were leaving. Oh my! Did your mother cry? She was probably sad. Me too. I was sad. And you were sad. What What were you sad about? Because we left our cousins, and one of my cousins, I loved her, and and I really missed her. Yeah. Okay, so you were a little bit sad when you left, and then you got to Israel. You live in a house or an apartment? Apartment, but so, a private entrance. Do you go to a new school? Yeah. What grade are you in? First grade. Tell me about your new school. It's very good because um, we just had a color war. Wow. It's still going on, but I'm in Saho, which is yellow. There's also um, purple. We have point, but we don't know who wins until... Next Sunday, I think. Whoa, so it's a whole long color war. What do you call color war in your school? Is there a name for it? I don't know the Hebrew word if there is. So how did you know it was color war? One, it's color war. They put up balloons, and then that means it's color war. Mm. But when they told you it was color war, you didn't know because you don't know how to say color war in Hebrew. Yeah, but I, I knew it because everybody was seeing stuff, and I don't know how I knew, but I don't know how we knew it was color war. But, but we told um my Opan teacher what is color war, what do they do in our school, and like she told us by Opan. Mm. Okay, Aliza, you know what Opan is. Can you explain to the people who listen what is Opan? Opan is um something that when people just move to Israel and they need to know Hebrew, they're in Opan, so they help them know Hebrew. So is there a teacher? Yeah. How many times do you go to Opan? Sunday, Monday, and Friday. That's a lot of days. So for three days, you go to a special class called Opan, and you learn Hebrews. Somebody in the, like, the beginning of the year came, and she told me colors and stuff. So um, and now I know the colors. What language do they talk in your school? Like your Moras? Hebrew. Do they say any English? Not so much. So but, what did you do? I ask my friend that sits next to me and she tells me what to do and then I do it or a teacher, she takes us out and does stuff with us or she comes in the class and does it, tells us what to do and sometimes in Hebrew and does games with us. Are the kids nice to you in your class? Sometimes they are, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they, they, they chase us around and spit it at us. What? Aliza, what do we call that in kindergarten last year? Bullies. We call that bullying. What do they do about it? Does their school do anything? But they tried to help it, but they tell the mother that they're going to give them a, um, a punishment. You think that's going to help? No, because they always do. And they How do you feel when the kids make fun of you? They try, they try to make me cry, and all the new old men basically they're being mean to them. <gasps> no, like the people in our... Are there any friends that are nice? Yeah. Like, what about the, the kid I mean, who helps you understand 
the instructions. What's her name, that girl? Racheli. I like Racheli. Be friends with Racheli. <laughs> and I yell at, she's so nice. Tell me, what's the thing that's the most different about your new place in Israel, about moving? The language, because we don't know it so well. We don't understand everything. So the teacher sometimes translates it, but this teacher is a different teacher, and she doesn't know English, but she, she talks a tiny, whiny bit of English. A tiny, whiny bit? Can you tell me something in Hebrew? Mishulash. Maze, what's Mishulash? Triangle. Nice, practical. <laughs> I know some shapes. I can tell you the shapes in my, uh, but in the song, and um, okay. and it, it tells the color. Can you sing it? You're doing a good job. I understood. Eagle is a circle. Very cool. What's the best part about Israel, about making Aliyah? Probably that there's more parks near everybody's house. Here there's a park, three parks up. Park, park. Everywhere you go, there's parks? Like park, 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 a park. Like that? There's so near parks that we can just walk there and it. Like whenever you want to go to a park, they're right there. So on Shabbos, it's a little different. So there's barely any cars. So my mother lets me even go on the street and dance around the street. We can't even... Oh my goodness, why are there no cars on Shabbos? Because there's only, basically only Jews. Wow. But some cars come out. So you still have to be a little careful. Yeah. If there's a kid who finds out that they're moving to Israel and they're a little bit nervous about it, what would you tell them? Sad. You could be sad, but it's not. It's okay once you move there and you adjust. Because That's a big word, adjust. I like the word adjust. Adjust means you got used to it. You can meet new friends. And things are going to get better. Yeah. Eliza, what's different about Israel? Oh, I have a good one. There's basically more hike, and it's real. You have to like climb up rocks, and there's like a big slide that you can. It's a rock slide, basically. And but but it's made out of rocks. No one made it. No person made it. Who made it? It was probably there. So who made it? I know Hashem. Right. Hashem is here. Hashem is there. Hashem is. Because Hashem made everything, and you get to see natural wonders. Eliza, you use the word adjust. How do you know the word adjust? Or maybe my mother just said it. Mm-hmm. I'm cheering for you and I'm thinking about you when you have challenges. Like if kids aren't so nice, that's really sad. And I hope that your school takes care of that because you're a great person and you are going to be strong and you're going to do great. And it's so fun to talk to you. Thank you for coming. Bye. I'm saying it wrong. Say it again. Litraot. Did I get it right? Okay, bye, Eliza. Bye. Eliza's just the cutest. She was so brave to come on and talk about what she's going through. I just want to take a minute to talk about bullying. Bullying is my worst, worst, worst thing. I was a Mora, a teacher, for many, many years. And the thing that made me the most sad and the most upset was seeing one child bother another child and hurt someone else's feelings. And there is nothing, nothing sadder than watching that. I just want all the kids to be aware that something that a kid does toward another kid 
that is not nice and being mean to them, especially when they're in a situation where they're not so strong yet, those kind of things last forever. And it's really, really, really hard to fix that. So listen to this for a second. Life's better when you're with your brother. Let us all stay. Let's all try to be the one who will be looking out for the kids that are being bullied by others. And you be the one to come over and say, hey, that's not right. And go approach that kid and be their friend and you be their hero. And for my third interview, I'm going to introduce you to my cousin, Yassi. He's an eighth grader who is going to share his story and his experience. Welcome, Yassi. Hello. So, Yassi, introduce yourself. Tell me how old you are and just a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Yassi. I'm 14 years old. I live in Ramat Beit Shemesh. I'm from Muncie, New York, and I made Aliyah five years ago. Whoa, I can't believe it's been five years already. Do you remember how you felt when your parents told you that you were making Aliyah? Um, I was very, very excited. I was like, I'm going to be like in Eretz near the Kotel and with other mm-hmm. families. Tell me a little bit about what happened once you got there. Once I got there, I started realizing that it's all in Hebrew. And then I'm actually going to have to learn Hebrew. Okay, and how is that? It's hard. I'm still learning. But wow, I'm, after five years, you feel like you're still figuring it out? Yep. Wow, that's a long time. How different is your school in Israel from your school that you had in Muncie? It is very different. Mostly because now I'm in eighth grade and when I still lived in Muncie, I was in second grade. <laughs> of course. And, but there, they were much more focused on like learning and everything. Here, they're more focused on the experience of school, like having fun in school and learning well. They teach you all the same things, but they try to make it more of like a, an experience than school, just plain school. Can you give an example of what that means, that they make it an experience? They take us on a lot of trips. Where, let's say, David Hamelech was, we'll go on like a trip of like Ir David. They try to make learning, not just stop learning. Instead of just hearing about David Hamelech, you go to the place where the thing actually happened. Yes. That's very cool. What else? Tell me more. I like that. Last year, we went on a trip. We walked through all of Ashkelon, like a city more up north. Okay. We went on a trip to a place called Tel Azika, which is a 15-minute drive from where I live. Okay. And you can basically see all of Israel from that one point. Really? It, you can see yeah, not all of it, depending on the day. If it's a clear day, you can see most of Israel. So cool. That's so close to where you live. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the school that you're in is a great school and you're learning the language, but that part is that part's hard. When you first moved, were there certain people who made the move easier for you? Yeah, there were a couple of people. There was this one person, his name is Asher. He was basically like an older brother. He taught me like everything about Israel and like my area. He showed me like how to use the simplest things like a bus ticket, like everything, things like you need to know here. So there was like a program that makes people a big brother and a little brother? Yeah, basically. That's so nice. And then they paired you up so that you had someone to ask questions to. Mm -hmm. What is the coolest part about living in Israel? I would say it's being 45 minutes away from the Kotel. 
Mm -hmm. And where I live, all around me, all of Jewish history happened in this area. Most of Jewish history happened around me. Right. Like I can a five-minute walk, and I can see like houses from two thousand years ago. That's crazy. Walk down a street, named for the tzaddik who lived by this very road. I guess you say Lahavdil because it's so different, but we live near Washington D.C. <laughs> And then there's this big building and everybody's crowding around. And I think it's cool that like, you know, Abraham Lincoln used to be there. We're like, okay, whatever. It's been well, a few hundred years. But when you're in Eretz Israel, there's things that have been there for thousands of years. Like, and it's our history. It's so different. Mm -hmm. To me, that's Crazy. so much more special. What's something that you miss about America? Mostly the language. There's nothing about America that you th sometimes say like, oh, I wish I had that in Israel. Do you want me to say you? No, not no, a thing. <laughs> I miss my family, some friends, and English. Just like going everywhere and just speaking one language. What is something that's hard for you that you're struggling with like right now? I'm not the only kid that's like this. I'm learning Gamara, and Gamara is a third language, and you're learning it in your second language. Moti. In America, kids your age learn Gemara and their rabbi talks English. It's hard enough that you don't have a good Hebrew and then you have to learn Gemara, which is totally new, in a language that you don't know so well. Yeah. Wow, that sounds very, very challenging. Is there anything to help you? There is a teacher in my school that speaks English, so mm -hmm. he helps Gemara. Like once a week we learn together. If you had to give advice to somebody who was thinking about making Aliyah, what would you tell them? The younger you move, the easier it is to learn Hebrew. Mm -hmm. So... As long as you know Hebrew, you can get through pretty much anything in Israel. It is like a little bit different. Like everything is like right next to you. It's like it's not like I need to go on a school bus for 20 minutes or like do carpool. Mm -hmm. My school is a 10 minute walk away from my house, like a supermarket, like up the block from me. Like a, the show is like right across the street from my house. Like everything is much more like compact. Closer. I would love that. <laughs> Yasi, thank you so much for coming on the show. And it was a pleasure schmoozing with you. Thank you. For all these kids, their change was moving to another country, to Aritisral. But whatever change you go through, you can do it with the right attitude, the right people to help you, and with a lot of hard work. If I can get that kind of resilience then I can do a lot. The next time something big comes your way, stop and remember, you can do it, you'll work hard, and you'll get there. Are you an incredible kid? Send your story to ikidspodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe today to the Incredible Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening, and remember, you are all Incredible Kids!